Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, Shooting Dice. This is going to be a live play podcast, you know, with a little bit of editing to make everything uh, make sense as we go along. We are going to be playing a new tabletop RPG that recently came out of uh, Kickstarter called Break. And it is a tabletop RPG that is heavily inspired by a lot of the old video games and some anime and when we saw it, we were all pretty much on the same page of we need to play it. And I have been personally wanting to do a podcast for a while. So here we are doing it. I will be the host of Shooting Dice as well as the game master, the GM for my players. My name is Hunter Childers. And if my players could please introduce themselves, please start from the beginning of the list in Discord. All right, so I guess that's going to be me from the start. Hi, I am Trent Hall. Uh, I'm actually pretty excited to play this, too. I've been looking forward to it like literally ever since you brought it to my attention. But um, I am out on a work trip right now, so I got a nice little setup here, and hopefully we can we can make this laptop last until the session is over. God, please, don't let it yeah. die. <laughs> hopefully. But yeah, uh, as far as I know, that's, uh, that's all I need to give you guys, so I'm going to pass it on over. Hi. I'm JJ Bruno. Um, fun fact, I have no idea what I'm playing for this session because Break has a randomization thing we're going to be trying out, and I'm the guinea pig. So if I seem a little frantic, you know why. Um, Self-appointed guinea pig. So, yeah, okay. Well, he didn't have to put that in there. Give me some kind of pity points. Uh, He's going to have some kind of our, our last person. Uh, I am Colby Gilbert. Uh yeah, I'm I'm pretty stoked to be in here as well. I think it'll be a good time. I've loved tabletop RPGs for a while, and I'm happy to be able to do it in a podcast format and with, you know, some people I'm friends with. And also, fun fact, JJ is confirmed to be the guinea pig. <laughs> That's not very nice of you. Yeah, pretty strong start there. Yeah, somebody's got to do it, I guess. Yeah, All right. I used to have to take one for the team. I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, right, we, we uh, want to start off while uh, by creating his character real quick uh we there will be a point in the session that that will happen but before we actually do begin i will just go ahead and point out that although we are using the break system like with most podcasts for tabletop rpgs we are not affiliated with the creators of this podcast of the uh we're not affiliated with the creators of the podcast well shit guys i guess we can't do it <laughs> dang it <laughs> bamboozled again yeah, yeah. we we, we gotta aren't to officially affiliated we aren't officially sponsored by the creators of break so uh i've it was something that I felt should be mentioned because it is relatively new, and as far as I am aware, there are relatively few other podcasts or even streams of this happening at time of upload that can change in the future. So, But with that out of the way, why don't we go ahead and begin? Let's get cooking, baby. Sure. We start in a void of nothing. There is no form for your characters, nor is there th 
thought prescience there is just existence for you. Uh, with no sight and no sound, eventually something, or someone in this case, uh, decides to disrupt this manner of life that you have been experiencing for some time. So we're going to hope that this works and you guys can hear it just fine as a voice cuts through the void. Hear me, O souls of the unbound. I beckon thee, come unto me so I may grant thee presence upon this world. And with that sound in a, I would say just coming from all sides surrounding you, a, uh, woman kind of appears in this void and she is tall elegant she has long pink hair and she is holding her hands out awaiting for uh the souls that you can now see around you these floating sparks of life that have uh begun to appear in this void and as she is standing there uh these sparks of life are uh, kind of swirling around almost in a hesitant manner and the first one that will come forward is a small red ball and this soul has as it gets closer and closer to this goddess this red ball from it these metal plates begin swirling around the outside of it as if it's a uh, container for it, but it doesn't cover it completely. It's just small patches of, like, metal plates. And in the inside surrounding this ball, inside of the metal plates, uh, there are large swaths of this pulsating energy that are beginning to orbit the red ball as it become comes closer and closer to this goddess. But the pulsating energy that is outside of this small red ball is unstable, glitching and tearing itself apart and trying to pull itself back together while the plates are kind of like pushing in on it, trying to keep this energy contained. And when it gets closer to the goddess, she replies with, I should have known one of the original constructors would come so quickly to protect the great legacy is a fitting task for one who built it. And she raises her hand and a small light begins to engulf this red ball. And from it comes the first player. Please describe what happens as you are given form. I am a biomechanoid. And for the most part, I do look like perfectly human. Like I could blend in with everybody else. Um, I guess as far as like physical traits, I mean, I'm not... Too big, too small, just like a very average, normal size looking person. Maybe mm, I haven't really thought about like hair color or anything like that. But let's let's stick with just like black hair and maybe like darker eye, like brown eyes. I'm going to do it that way. All right. If that is all for your description of your character, once you appear in this uh, black void, you come uh, almost floating down and you're feet lands almost uh like there should be something that you're walking on but there is nothing there as it's kind of like these sparks of life almost like stars in a pitch black sky are going around you 
and uh, as you uh, look around and you are given form for the first time and you can feel like your fingers, you're able to move them, your uh, operating system is uh, giving you uh, reports on your surroundings and like you're able to not see a lot, but what you can see, you're able to like, you know, get information on it. And the next soul begins to float down toward the goddess, uh, hearing her call. And this one is now a large, like, basketball-sized green orb. But instead of a, uh, instead of, like, those metal plates that were, uh, shown on your mechanoid soul... Uh, this one is surrounded by these, like, reptilian dragon scales that kind of, like, coat it like armor. And it is much more intact than the previous one. And as it floats down, the goddess calls out with... Interesting. One who has no guidance comes to lead. Perhaps, in the end, this is what you were made for, to be a hero. And she uh, holds out her hand once again, and the ball of light begins to uh, grow and form a body this time, instead of building itself together like the last one. Would the Promethean of the group please describe what you look like? Hello. My character's name is Solomon Sanders. Uh, he is a very large, about eight foot six uh guy uh no hair except for on his face where he has a very full thick manly black beard uh his skin is a dark red uh but with purple scales uh kind of splotchy just in no certain area but most of them kind of look like in the shape of cuts or wounds of some sort, where these purple scales are. Uh, he's an older type guy. Uh, you can see he's uh, been worn down quite a bit. And uh, he's just a all-around, you know, imposing character. All right. Uh, that reminds me, Trent. Did you give your name for your character? <laughs> did not give my name for my character. <laughs> yeah, when I didn't know if I was supposed to, but I was like, I'm going to throw it out there. If we have to edit it out, we that, can. That's fine. Uh, I would actually like to know his character's name. I forgot it. Okay. Uh, as of right now, uh, I think I decided to go with Handy because I feel like it's very fitting for what my character is, you know, going to play out to be. So we're gonna we're gonna stick with Handy for this one. Just one name, no last name. Alright, so uh, whenever uh, Sanders uh, kind of starts floating down next to you and this tall and posing figure is now stood by your side, uh, you, uh, your kind of heads-up display kind of gives you information on like how tall he is, you know, uh, just, just different stats that you would get from your heads-up display and this is a uh, moment to introduce yourselves to each other. How you doing, bud? Solomon Sanders here. Confused. Handy, at your service. Uh, which, which hand? Yes. Okay, that's a bit of a uh, confusing answer you gave there. How about we just uh, 
What's your name? Handy. Oh, okay. I get you. So Handy's your name, not... Okay. I thought you were, like, lending me a hand there. And yes. you wanted me to chew it. You are? Okay. Okay. So you are a friend? Yes. Pleased to meet you. It, pleased to meet you, too, but You know, this is a real confusing situation we're in right now, but, uh... We'll get through it, Handy. Me and you. You know? I don't believe I have data for this particular scenario. Yeah, no, I don't, me either, bud, but, you know, we'll figure it out, you know, uh, take it one step at a time and see where it takes us. I can step. Glad to know that. I didn't want to have to carry you around. I would. You look like a real good fella, but, uh, uh, you know, it, it would have been a real pain. My back's kind of, uh, not as, as good as it used to be, so, but I would if I had to, but. The fact you can step is good. I will note that I look like a real good fella. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> the buddy. goddess is trying to stifle a laugh watching this interaction, and you both are able to uh, notice just throughout your interactions there's not a whole lot to look at in this void. So, this uh, dominating figure that is in the center of it all kind of is something that you have a hard time not looking at at this point because of how much space she's able to take up and she kind of t looks off into the distance it's like a thousand yard stare and she has this pained look on her face and you follow her gaze and through these uh the stars that are in the distance you see a like a mass of different colors as, f as far uh -oh. as the stars are so it's like you know there are green there are red ones uh there's like purple souls that are out there but there is one single light that starts to get bigger and bigger but it is slowly fading in as if it's this weak pinprick that is getting closer and closer and it is of a unique color as far as you two have seen thus far and it is this like baby blue light that is flowing down and unlike what uh what handy saw with uh solomon's soul this one is not a big round ball this is like a deflated balloon almost as it has a trail going behind it like this wispy blue uh, dot is getting closer and closer, smaller than any of the other souls that you have seen thus far with no definite shape. It comes in and the goddess calls out to it, saying, Of course you've come to my call. I was hoping you wouldn't be able to hear that far out. You know what's at stake, my friend. To do this so many times. This will be your final traversal. You need to make a count. And she, this time, it, whereas before each time it was almost like she was just holding out a hand, giving uh, some energy to give you form, this time she has to concentrate and gather more and more light compared to before. And as she does, her form kind of takes on that same wispy, deflated sense of power that was shown in the previous soul. And... She kind of starts uh, losing definition almost. 
Like, whereas before you could see her like she was standing before you, now it's like the resolution of her image is decreasing by the second. And as she is, the little pinprick blue light with nothing to protect it uh, begins to grow brighter and brighter, and it is now given form. So here is the interesting part of Break, where they include tables to determine pretty much everything about your character. So, JJ... Roll us your character. Okay. Uh, I guess we'll start with uh, species. Yes, so... we start with species. Give me a roll and I will describe it for you. I have everything pulled up. It's not slash R, it's just slash roll. <laughs> oh, I see. Sending command. Um, The application did not respond. <laughs> Dice of course, the dice offline. bot is. It was on. <laughs> it was online literally when we started recording. Oh my god! All right. Of course, it's uh, offline. Uh, hang on. Look, I can. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I guess you can just well, go I to like Google. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll Google. Go to a go to like a character generator or something. Uh, in the meantime, I will get us the Avari bot, which is another one. Hang on, invite link. Okay. Here we go. Uh, let me let me stream this. Uh, <laughs> what a fucking shame. What's <laughs> what's uh like the level of I guess interrupting? Like while you were describing that, if we wanted to kind of role play what we're seeing. Yeah, you can. Okay. At this moment, wanna, you're free like, to interrupt. So, uh, Handy, uh, this, this, uh, this, you know, she, this kind of lady here, uh, you have any idea what she's about? You know, I have no idea who she is, so, like, I'm, I'm pretty confused. Uh, I don't believe I have any data for this particular scenario, uh, so, no, I don't have anything to say on this situation. Okay. Yeah, Do you yeah. have data that you could provide for this scenario? Uh, no, I, I'm not dating her, but, uh... <laughs> uh not against it, I mean, like, but, but I'm, I'm not, you know? You know, she she looks pretty dapper. But, uh, with the lights, do you do you know anything about those by chance? I'm just, I'm just, I, I know absolutely nothing. Like, it got me with my pants down here. Yes, I have collected some data for this. Upon your arrival, these lights seem to be other people. Okay, okay, so so the lights are people. Yes, you were one of those lights, and I oh, have noted I was, that. Okay. Oh, was I bright? I, I gotta know. You you were a very bright red. Nice, nice, good, good. Glad to hear that. I, sorry I didn't see you. Uh, your light. I would have told you. From my data, I can only assume that I was also a light. Of what color, I am not sure. I'm sure it was a good one, but hey, take this as a chance to pick your color. You know, you can just say whatever you want, whatever color, you know. Can I choose a color? If you want to. Not saying it's 100% what you were, but, you know, whatever you want to think you were. This does not make sense, but I can humor you. Okay. I would like to also be bright red. Okay. Bright red guys here. We're the bright red gang. 
bright red gang. I will make sure to note this. <laughs> as as you're saying this, the uh, blue light the blue light is finally filling in and giving form to itself. And as it comes in, it has a uh, uh, JJ. Go ahead and just describe your character for everyone. Now that we know what it is, I come into form. A cat-like humanoid. Ugh. I have big fluffy ears um, on top of my head. I'm wearing nothing but a loincloth as of right now as I come into uh, this world shaped. Um, how, how big are you? I am a medium size, so I'm about, I'm going to say like a little bit shorter than like an average height. Uh, I'm going to go with like five, five. So about JJ size. Okay, fuck you. About JJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you managed to roll a uh, Rai Neko. I think that's how you pronounce it. I think so. So we have a Promethean Rai Neko and a Biomechanoid as our players. All right, so as you are coming into form, it is not fully complete yet. So now we need you to roll for your... Uh, your homeland history, I believe, is the next one that we're able to do. Yes. So go ahead and give me another roll. I'm gonna do it for the Twilight Meridian. Well, we can also roll your homeland table. Oh, I see. I see. You're right. Yep. I'm learning so yep. many things. <laughs> yep. So go ahead and roll a d20, and then I will the help wistful bring it down. Dark. The oh. wistful dark. All right. Roll again. Let's okay. see which one you get. Give me one second. I gotta update my sheet. Not gonna lie. Um, species, right? Because I'm going to forget all of this. Homeland, wistful dark, and I get an extra language. That's yes. what I don't want to forget. Um, I know nothing about all of these, so I'm gonna go with Dream Call because that sounds cool. Okay. Uh, wistful dark. Uh, Dream Call is perhaps the first language, perhaps not. Haunting and poetic. It is used by the strange and unshaped. I'm reading straight from the book. I don't know how good that is. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> we're going to get copyright strike. <laughs> okay, Anyways. so Wistful Dark Histories. I'm going to roll another d20 and we'll see yes. what I get. 14. 14. You are a part of the commoners. You are a guild agent. I see. Someone whose purviews are making and spotting a good deal, working at a brisk pace, and keeping others satisfied. Interesting. Alright, well, you now I'm have getting, to go I'm through... I'm getting an idea of how I want to play this character. It's yeah. all coming together, and I hope you don't hate me for it. I'm sure it'll be fine. So, uh, I will... Uh, Upon the final forming of your character, uh, the the divine who stood before you, tall, grand, and resplendent in power, is now almost the same size as you, having shrunk, lost, losing most of her power, and losing most of her definition. You know, you're not able to even see her hair. Her body has almost taken on a ghost-like appearance losing a lot of features like she no longer you're no longer able to see like her arm she's missing like the lower half of her body only the top part remaining with her face and with seeing everyone finally fully formed she will give a uh almost saddened look to everyone uh 
a slight smile, and as she begins to fade away, waving you off with uh, just a couple of words. For you who have heard my call and been granted form, I now command thee, by my rights and my lineage, as the final divine of outer world, go, and in my stead, save and protect those who cannot. And with her final words echoing out, she just almost melts into the floor, completely disappearing. And from where she stood, there is now only uh, a small pinprick of white light that is slowly growing in the floor that you are now stood on. However slow it may be, as it begins to grow, the stars and souls that surrounded you almost like it was orbiting this divine, looking for a chance to come into being like you did, uh, they begin to filter out, almost uh, dimming out of existence. And the light before you just begins to slowly grow. So I would assume the logical answer would be to walk towards this light. Uh, Well, I was... I forgot to say something about my description and I was going to try and like role play that out with me trying to ask this lady like a question essentially uh what would the question be uh it's just it's about the eye patch thing I'm just going to be like so what uh, like uh this you know my eye you couldn't make me with two working ones, could you? <laughs> like, you, it seems I, that I have this a... person is no longer in our presence. I don't know that requesting another eye would help. Well, it seem it it seems like she is kind of just all around. So I wanted to ask, you know, uh, could I get an eyeball that works, please? <laughs> the- no. As you call out, uh, you are there is no response as the light grows uh, wider and wider, almost as if uh, it's not like a light from a light bulb. It's just like a white circle is just slowly growing in the center. It has not even reached like an inch yet. So, JJ, uh, <laughs> who is your character? <laughs> The name and all? Yes! (laughs) This is your chance to introduce yourself. We don't know your character. Okay. Um. My. (laughs) My name is Paco. Uh, full name, Paco Itel. Um, I'm a Rai Nico. I have, um, brown hair, but, like, pretty, like, tan skin. Um, typically, like, actually me in real life, except I've been in the sun all week. If, for comparison. Um. Okay, well, that doesn't help our podcast listeners. They don't know you. (laughs) Yeah. Rats. Um. (laughs) I don't know a good reference. (laughs) I think what you've done so far is fine. (laughs) Yeah, just like. I'm thinking. (laughs) You've had all this time to think. 
Fuck you. You guys have had so much time to think about your characters. <laughs> JJ, you quite literally you asked for this. this path. I know, yeah. but I just thought of my name. I like Taco Etel, though. That's cute. Um, I, Maybe you guys can help me, right? So I'm thinking of, like, Arabian Nights kind of vibe with my character. Think of, like, Aladdin and shit, right? So, like, a Khajiit? Yeah, like a Khajiit, except I look like a human, but I straight up just have cat ears and a tail. <laughs> Okay, so now I have to ask the question. Do you also have oh. human ears below your cat ears? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're not covered in fur? No, I'm not covered in fur. I look like Dang human, it. except I have big poofy cat ears on top and a tail. Do your cat ears have fur or are they naked? They do have fur. I don't know. Just describe it as like, I mean... The easiest way to say, hey, I'm this skin tone without saying, hey, I'm this skin tone is say, I look like somebody who may be from, like, Egypt, uh, that area of the world. Yeah, the people listening are going to be human beings who live on Earth, so you, you yeah. can just Wait, reference what? Common, <laughs> common knowledge. Wait, I thought I'm... we were streaming to Outer World. Why are we streaming to Other so World? Confused. This makes it so much easier. How could I so, be so foolish? My character is akin to someone like you would see over in Egypt or in the eastern side of the world. I don't even... Yeah, eastern is right. Right? Because we... we yeah. The W is to the left. The E is to yep. the right. Never eat slimy worms, baby. <laughs> Never heard that, but I will, I will keep that in my mind in the recesses somewhere. Oh also... Uh, before we forget, we also need to roll your quirk. So I need two more d20 rolls. Oh, that's rough. Um, let me pull up the page for it. I already, what? I already have it pulled up. Don't worry, I'll read it off for you. Yeah. Okay. Noemi, Noemi, hot dice, hot dice. Dang, 20, baby, natural twenty. You get a fate quirk. Hey. That's the second time you've rolled a d20, by the way. Uh, okay. Do I need 20. to roll again? Yes, roll one more time. We now know so fake quirk. We Dang, take Jeez, Avara is treating you nice. Bro, just wait till that injury table comes up, baby. You have, oh my god, no, your quirk is <laughs> crowned. As a child, you assisted a kindly fairy who bestowed upon you a grand title. While this prestige is entirely unrecognized among conventional nobility and may even invite ridicule, immortals treat you with due respect. Titles include, but are not limited to, Queen of Unfinished Songs, Prince of Grass, Our Lady of Chocolate, and Earl of Lost Buttons. Uh, don't worry, all of that will not actually be canon. <laughs> That's just what's in the book. I actually now have something in mind for that. <laughs> I will work with you afterwards, <laughs> but that is your quirk. Okay. Uh, where can I put that on my sheet? I don't see quirks. Yes, I do. Um, what is it called? Crowned. I will give you the that chance to describe your crown, sick. though. You now have a so permanent crown you have crown? to always wear. Yes, I'm going to say you have a crown and you can't take it off. Oh, man. I don't want to think of this on the spot because I don't want to, like ruin it for me for the future <laughs> oh um, no we can change I, 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 it's not a big crown it's a very kind of i don't want to say like dainty right but it's very thin it doesn't really speak outwardly a lot um so like it's more of metal, like, like a th sorry go ahead uh i would like those uh 
headbands that you would see in like Skyrim that aren't actually like crowns or anything like that. They're just like like a jewel and then chain going around your head or something like that. Yes, but like how I imagine it, think of it more like a ring for your head. It's a little bit thicker than um just like a little piece of metal going around, right? Circlet, has... that's what I was thinking of. Circlet. Yeah, kind of like a circlet, except for like the top part, if there's only like uh triangles that start from the side that start off really small and then meet up together in the middle to make a big triangle. No gems or anything. <laughs> Crowned is what you get for your prestige ranking for going back multiple times. <laughs> How do you roll on Avari? Uh, it's slash R D twenty. <clears throat> it's exclamation point roll space one D twenty. Oh right, they changed it. Yeah, exclamation point R space D twenty will get you a D twenty roll. I like how we had two D twenties in a roll, or two natural twenties in a roll, and then I rolled a two. Hmm. There you go, fourteen. There you go. We got it working. Okay. All right. So, uh, uh, as y'all are standing in this darkness, uh, and you're talking amongst yourselves with all of this going on, as Solomon calls out with seemingly no response, there is. From this white, uh, like small circle that is beginning to expand in the uh, space before you, there is a loud crack and shattering of glass as this white circle expands into this large, like 50 foot circle that you're now standing on. And it, like, you can see the shattering and the cracking in this, in the, this glass that you were standing on and it is almost like uh, a giant stained glass window that you would see in like a church and the way that it's cracked and colored and with uh, like the light shining through it and suddenly it just gives way and you begin to fall. Now there is a interesting mechanic when it comes to perils as you are now in the first peril. Let me see if I can freaking find it. I don't know why I didn't write it down. It's like at a hundred something. Where is it at? Show me where the when perils are at. you walk away, you don't really <laughs> Please! Oh, baby! Don't go. All right. Queen is way that you're making me feel tonight. Colby over Sorry. here like, I don't know what this is from. Yeah, yeah what? I didn't get that out. You, you didn't uh, understand, you, but there was good. a major Kingdom Hearts reference that was just said. Oh, uh, I hate to break it to you, but I'm not done. As, <laughs> as you're falling... I, I want to know everyone's reaction as they're falling, as, as like as the floor begins to crack before the fall happens. I want to know what everyone's doing. I'm going to widen my stance. I'm going to put my arms out. I'm going to scan around, see if there's anything I can do. Uh, that's it. That, that's it. <laughs> Solomon's just, as it's cracking, just like, whoa, whoa, the, the floor's going, fellas. Everybody, 
the it seems as if the floor's going here. Uh I don't know why. And he's just kind of panicking. Uh Paco's gonna put his ear to the floor. <laughs> Try to figure out what's going on. Diagnosing the floor. See if he can figure this out. As you do, you know, the floor gives way and you all (laughs) begin to fall. But off in the distance, uh, there is a tiny light that is slowly getting bigger and bigger. What it seems that you're falling toward. And just like before where the floor was made out of this stained glass, what's before you is this stylized like circle of glass that has been stained with an image that is uh you recognize almost immediately the prominent figure of this stained glass floor is of the divine that you were just talking to and below her with her arms stretched out uh in like a uh almost as if trying to reach out for a hug towards someone there are there is a uh, stylized uh rai neko a biomechanoid and a Promethean, all of whom look exactly like you. And you are falling toward this at breakneck pace. What do you do? Paco's going to assume dies in form. Oh, you go. (laughs) Okay. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna really casually lean back with my neck towards the ground and I'm gonna close my eyes (laughs) and tilt my head back real, real cool like... Solomon's just, oh my god, what, <laughs> and flailing, like, just madly. Yeah, and that's about it. <laughs> okay, so, uh, I will now ask everyone to roll a, uh, I believe it's a deafness check. So, I have a certain number in mind, and you have to roll below it. Uh-oh. Shit. <laughs> All right. So you said it was exclamation point roll. Then yeah. what? Space exclamation and then point d twenty. Yes. Or you could do r space d twenty. Okay. Okay. So uh, the for the only one who is screaming and flailing falling down solomon in a panic as he reaches down at the bottom uh even though you're like falling at basically terminal velocity the moment that you reach uh the floor there is just kind of like this cushion of air that stops you from slamming into the ground and you uh in that quick moment with your reflexes you're just able to just right yourself and you like fall on your feet as if it was just a simple jump that you made but for (laughs) for Paco and Handy as you're falling you basically just crash head first (laughs) into the floor there's no damage but it's definitely just like a thump (laughs) I'm good fellas I'm, I'm good that uh I may have overreacted a bit on that. I had, oh, good God. Yeah, y'all didn't have the same uh, same landing I did. Uh, yeah, that 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 looks rough. Uh, but, hey, you know, everybody's different. This scenario does not make sense to me. Yeah, I'm with the robot. I don't know how to communicate with you either. Yeah. Wait, what? You... Don't know how to. I mean, I can communicate with the robot just fine. I mean, he's a little That's quirky, but debatable. 
we're not having a debate. I can. This is quite an interesting view we have here on the floor. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, it, quite the group of guys here. Uh, Paco is going to put his ear to the stained glass floor and try to decipher uh, what's going on with it. Yeah, I seen you doing that up there. Does the floor like... Just shh, shh, let me listen. Okay, sorry, sorry. Uh, as you listen in, there is a... Uh... I want to describe it as like a wind chime like noise inside of this uh, stained glass. Um, I pick up. But my the, off the surrounding floor. area, you are pretty much in the exact same pitch black. The only light available to you coming from this stained glass station. Do you, uh, do you hear anything, bud? It sounds like somebody has a house under there. You heard a house? Yeah, like, you know, th it's like typical things you would hear going near a house. <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah, yeah hey, that's, that's more than nothing. Good on you. Alright, so as you are discussing, uh, you... It's not really a voice that you hear, it's more of an evocative feeling, like something is speaking to your soul almost, even though, you know, one of you is like a biomechanoid and you don't have like a whole lot of like organic parts like the other two members of the party. It's almost like someone is like typing into your console and you're just kind of reading it off in your head and the voice that calls out uh, says uh, that power sleeps within each of you. Give it form and it will give you strength. And as it happens, three pillars kind of rise up next to the uh, station that you're on. And it's another pillar that is similar to the one that you're standing on. However, they're smaller and on the center, is uh different weapons in the one in the top left pillar there is a uh just a basic sword like as simple as it could possibly be made in the other one is a blank slated shield and in the third one is this large staff with a green gemstone topping it and on each of those uh, stations that come up, those pillars, the stained glass that covers them is a stylized rendition of that uh, thing that is floating in the center of it. So, you know, for the sword, there's like a very stylized fancy sword on that pillar. For the shield, it's like this beautiful, intricately like car or uh, not carved, but like forged shield with like... Uh, symbols of a royal family almost and on the staff there is this uh like intricately carved and carefully worn uh staff with like a uh kind of like a rotation of gemstones going down and, and runes carved into the staff and the voice uh well again it's not a voice per se it's just like a feeling of something speaking to you but no sound being heard what do you do yep. uh, i who, will go who ahead wants what guys i will tell you here 
out of character, just so you guys are aware of what's going on, this is where you will be choosing your callings. Depending on what you choose and what is coming will determine which calling you have going forward. Uh, for the listeners, we are doing this mostly because, again, brand new, so why not make it random in a way? Let your character decide what cl- what calling they're going to be, you know? Yeah. Pick up the staff. I'm going to go towards the staff as well. Ah, uh, I guess uh, that leaves me too then, so... Uh, sword and right. shield. So I will uh, go ahead and so you two uh, the two of uh, the Paco and Handy begin to walk over to the uh, staff and when you come to it uh, it's kind of like the pillar kind of splits in two almost and when you reach out for the staff you're on both on your own platform and when you grab onto the staff the blackness that is the void that the station is currently inhabiting kind of shatters and from it you see reflections and glass around you as though uh, mirrors are reflecting of you for uh, Handy what you see in these reflections is, of course, in these many reflections, you see your life as you have once lived at some point. You see yourself, you know, going out, fixing bridges, building uh, barns and such, uh, kind of digging out crevices as well as fixing and forging, you know, little things here and there and working with it. But you also see in one of these reflections is you uh, stood before a large hologrammed face and it is speaking to you, but you don't understand what it is saying in this reflection. But what you hear in much the same way uh, from before where someone is kind of like typing within your console is the power of the wise teacher, the wisdom to lead and the staff that brings wonder, the path of a wise hero. Is this what you wish to bring on your journey? Okay, I think during this time, since I'm assuming we were just kind of thrown in here without any recollection of what we were beforehand, I like to imagine that immediately upon seeing all of the shattered like images and reflections that my character goes blank and starts compiling data, but snaps out of it as soon as he hears those words looks at the staff, looks at the face, listens for the voice, and nods his head. Alright, this is the path that you choose. And the voice, again, like someone typing in your console, no words are being heard for you, is your path has been set. And the glass kind of uh, reverses in and of itself and uh, kind of condenses down into the staff and is filled into that green gem that is topping it. But as you're holding on to it, that green gem turns a a crimson red. Mm. And then at the same time, uh, for Paco, whenever you go to grab it, uh, in your own station, you're kind of both reaching for the same staff, but as you go to grab onto it, you know, it splits and you're kind of shoved into separate pillars at the same time and the world shatters around you. 
but what you see is instead of, uh, you know, in one iteration of these reflections is you do see yourself, uh, Paco, reaching out for the staff, but you don't see iterations of a previous life like what Handy saw. You see other people, other, you know, there's a Promethean, there's a dwarf, there's a Chib. There's all of these different people in these reflections grabbing for, you know, one is grabbing the sword, one is grabbing the shield, another is grabbing the staff, and it is just an infinite number of these other people grabbing for uh, what you are and what your uh, party members are also grabbing for. But uh, for Paco, the other reflection that you see is you see uh, this gigantic pyramid like set in the middle of a desert with a town kind of at its center and you see uh three people uh shadows where you can't really make out their uh form walking toward this towards this uh pyramid that begins to have this bright blue like laser light kind of shooting up into the air huh okay and you hear the same thing as before, the power of the wise teacher, the wisdom to lead, and the staff that brings wonder, the path of a wise hero. Is this what you wish to bring on your journey? I feel like Paco's kind of taken aback uh, by what he just saw, because there's no reason for him to, like, was he able to see anything that Handy saw? No. So this is unique to you, because it's all... For you two, it's something only you see. And since both of you went to the staff, it's happening at the same time. Okay. Um, You're going to be a little taken aback by this. Like, I don't understand kind of why that was there. But I really like the staff, so I'm pretty confident in my choice. All right. Uh, The voice that is not a voice uh, echoes within your soul. Your path has been set. And the pillar that you are on re-merges with uh, Handy's pillar. And you're both holding uh, basically an exact copy of the staff that you reached for. But while his gem is red, yours turns into this uh, baby blue color as it kind of uh, fills the gem like it's water. All right. So, Solomon, which do you go for? You have a choice. Uh, I guess I will go for the shield. The shield, all right. When you go to reach for it, you see uh, kind of the same thing that was happening before, but the pillar doesn't split for you. It's simply the space around you shatters, and reflections of your life from before come into play, where you grew up, uh, how you grew up, uh, where you... uh, were trained to uh, try and protect the elven nobles that you were uh, made to protect, and you see yourself in your training and in the future, and as you uh, continue on, there is a uh, one reflection that catches your eye where you see a uh, almost a seaside town that you don't recognize, and you watch as it a this 
the sky goes dark and this gigantic black sphere kind of appears in the center and this purple miasma begins to creep out from it, swirling around it and the islands that surround the seaside town begin to be picked up and drawn towards the sphere. For Solomon, that is what you see and what you hear is uh, words that are not words within your soul. The power to guard those you love, empathy for those who cannot defend, and the shield that will protect them. The path of a strong hero. Is this what you wish to take on your journey? Uh, sure, but yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll protect them. Alright. You take the shield and uh, you hear your path has been set and everything uh, kind of reforms and coalesces back into the shield. This plain, you know, wooden shield that is now attached to your arm that you are holding on to. All right, so uh, as far as everyone needs to go in, I have no clue where all of the items are at because I did not write this down. I am foolish and unprepared. <laughs> But uh, here we go. So it would be, it would definitely be a large shield. So uh, standard shield for uh, Solomon, add to your inventory a standard okay. shield, one slot. Uh, the ability that shields give you is you can parry one melee or missile attack per fight. This includes spells or any special attacks that require an attack roll. And then uh, nice. standard shields require one hand to use, so they affect your ability to use two-handed weapons. You get a defense bonus of one, and it takes up one slot in your inventory. Okay, got it. And then for the two that chose the staff, I uh, don't know if we actually have just like regular staves or anything like that. Or if you can even choose stuff like that. I don't see anything here. But it would probably end up just being like a regular standard weapon. It would probably be an arc weapon looking at the given examples of it. Yeah. Long weapons that allow their wielders to make wide dangerous strokes that hit several enemies at once. So instead of it being standard, it would be a three slot weapon. Uh, and it has, uh, when wielding one-handed, you suffer a minor penalty, which is a minus two on attack rolls, attack stunts, and combat tricks. And as the weapon ability, Deadly Sweep, you can hit two enemies in the same battlefield area with one attack, make a single attack roll, and apply the result to both enemies. And then it is plus one heart for attack rolls of 20 and above. So it's still that same thing, but it takes up three slots. So uh, okay. the pillars begin to uh, slowly fa uh, fall back down from where they came from as you guys are still standing on them. What do you do? Is there anything else in the area around us now that the pillars are going away? Uh, at the moment, no. It's just the large center station that is available to you that you originally landed on. Uh, I would like to head back towards the center and try to meet back with everybody. Yeah. Same here. I'm going to be doing the same. All right. Is there anything uh, to say so to each other? Y'all, uh, y'all hear anything when you got your uh, fancy staffs there? There was a whole slideshow. It yeah. feels as though we've been chosen for a particular purpose. For what I'm not sure. Yeah, it seems to be hinting at that. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm lost on what it might be, but uh, 
I'm thinking they'll fill us in on what it is at some point. But, uh, hey, we got some fancy gear out of it. For free, too. Didn't have to pay a dime. I feel as though I have made a good choice, and I hope that you feel the same way. Yeah, yeah, I do. Ah, uh, your staffs, they're, uh, different colors. Do you guys know why? Uh, I don't, but I said that I was wise for picking it, so that's a plus. Well, hey, yeah, that's, that's never bad. Never bad. Did it tell you that, Handy? It did. What did it tell you, Solomon? It told me I was wise as well. So, uh, looks like we're a bunch of wise guys. A bunch of wise guys. I will note that in my records. <laughs> the wise guys. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, uh, next what happens is kind of a shifting of the station that you're on, where the glass, you hear it break once again, but as you're, oh, like, readying yourselves, getting ready to fall again, it instead... Uh, reforms into a different image and it is now instead a large sun uh, rendition bearing over a seaside town and you hear uh, you you feel this voice begin to speak to you without saying anything but to move along the path something must be left for those who come next what will you gift them and the uh, there is now, instead of these three side pillar stations, there is now a table and like a box that almost uh, uh, sits up ne- uh, at one of the edges of the station. And there are three boxes before you. And each one uh, is just kind of sitting there open. I'm going to approach the one of the boxes. Alright, uh, do you choose the left one, the middle one, or the right one? Uh, can I see inside of these boxes? Uh, you can lean over, and in each one of the boxes, there is a small sword, a small shield, and a small wand. They're both, uh, identical to what you saw earlier, but the wand is a, uh, it's just a cylinder of wood, basically. With like a okay. uh, bronze tipped end. Okay. And well, you have the that. feeling that if you close the lid, uh, that will be what you leave behind. In other words, uh, this will help determine what your calling is uh, based on what you have picked to take with you and what attributes you have chosen to leave behind. I'm going to ask Candy uh, what he sees in the boxes. Uh, It seems as though while we are making a choice for what we wish to take with us, the same choice is given for what we wish to leave. I would like to take more time and assess this if someone else would like to step Uh, forward in uh, my place. Yeah, uh, I mean, it wouldn't make much sense if I went with the shield, so... That one's kind of off the table for me. Uh, I'm I'm leaning uh, with the uh, wand in there. But if anybody else would pick that one, you know, I don't want to tread on them. So, uh, it seems as though there are enough boxes for all of us to choose our own object to be left behind. Okay, yeah, true. So, uh, yeah. Solomon, do you go forward and close the uh, box with a wand in it? 
Yes, that's the one I'm going to. uh, All right. So as you walk forward and you close the box, uh, the voice calls that again, uh, a gift for the next ones. And uh, it the box disappears almost, and you hear a uh, a crack in the uh, station below you. And what you see is uh, the crack appears in the uh, sun that is over the seaside town. And uh, from this crack in the sun, you see a third of it turn into this uh, black that matches the void surrounding you. And when you look back, the box with a wand is reopened before you. But you feel when you close the box, you have this innate sense of uh, kind of being closed off from something. Like you, like you yourself have left something behind that you will never have access to before. So you chose to take the shield and leave behind magic. So you're calling... Okay is the champion. So for champion, uh, your starting abilities, you start with these three, you will have combat momentum, favored weapon, and into the fray at rank one. Who is making the next choice? Paco's gonna go up to the boxes and check them out. Um, so for so for mine, it would just be the same thing that Handy sees. Yes, you see in each of the boxes a small uh, sword, a small shield, and a small wand. Um, Paco's gonna go and close the lid on the sword. Paco isn't a fan of swords. He likes magic. Or at least the idea of it. Alright, when you do so, you feel the same thing as as what uh, Solomon felt this uh feeling of a gift left for those who come next and uh you feel yourself uh whereas solomon felt like him being closed off to something uh you feel yourself almost like shrink in a way not by a lot but you can definitely feel like your muscle mass and like the strength that you had before kind of leave you as you have chosen the heretic calling what does heretic do and then heretic is all the way at the bottom it is the very last one i see all right handy your choice is to be made as the sword box reopens and the sun shatters once again as now two-thirds of the sun with only a center orange light emitting from it as uh, it turns into this dark void ball and the tapestry that is below you, this stained class styling, uh, you see the seaside town. Uh, it begins to grow darker and this purple miasma is beginning to flow up from the town. After assessing the choices of those before me and thinking what it is that I need to accomplish my goals, there is only one clear decision. I would like to put the lid on the shield and cast it away. All right. 
So as you do so, uh, almost at the same time before you can even react, uh, this time you do hear a voice call out. But this one is uh, monotone in uh, replication, as if there's no emotion behind it as you say this. And it is just simply a gift to be left behind and taken by another. And then the sun begins to crack away, leaving a hole in the center of just inky blackness. The seaside town, now you watch as it begins to float and almost be pulled toward uh, this hole. I now need everyone to roll a d20 as we are going to make a uh, check. Uh, I think making a might or a uh, deafness check would fit here. Uh, real quick, what's my calling? Your calling uh, is going to be, you chose magic but gave up defense, you will be the sage. So the next thing that I need everyone to do, once you roll me your d20s, so we have uh, pretty much everyone is able to pass uh, you all uh, as you're being pulled in to this dark hole that has appeared in the center of this uh, stained glass you're able to kind of whether it's uh, just bashing your staff or your uh, sword that you may have onto you into the ground to be able to hold on to it. Maybe you're holding on to the legs of the table or like the edge of the station itself. Uh, the pull of this hole is getting stronger and stronger, but you are able to stave off the effects of being pulled in at the moment. What was that? Just tried to get us all in there, huh? It is Good It is Lord, still ongoing, here. by the way. Oh, oh, okay. Just like, everybody hold on. Everybody here. There there's, does not seem to be anything to hold on to. I'm using like my cat-like hold. reflexes in order to stabilize myself very quickly. <laughs> I'm just, like, kind of trying to make myself seem like I'm more mass than I am, which I know doesn't help the situation, but it's the only thing I got. All right. So as you guys are holding on, the islands that have begun to be pulled into the hole themselves, some fall in all the way and uh, others remain floating as if they're not able to be pulled all the way, and eventually it stops. And uh, a voice will call out for... Uh... Oh no, I didn't write this down. Never mind. Okay, a voice does not call out, but instead a uh, door appears above where the uh, hole once was pulling everything in and it is a uh it's like a very large fancy marble door with like golden metal inlays around it and it is currently shut just sat in the middle of that hole
I mean, the logical answer seems to be approach this. Yeah, I think we should probably just go on through that door. I'm already walking towards the door. Okay, he's (laughs) he's going. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll just follow him, Andy. Yep. I'm going to follow right behind him. All right. Uh, Once the door opens, this bright uh, light kind of fills the area that you're in. It's almost blinding to you, but as you continue to walk forward, the light dims and you find yourselves at the edge of another station with no door behind you, seemingly as if you walked from nowhere to reach this station. And what you see is in this stylized stained glass, there are uh, stars that match the outline of each of you. So there are kind of like three constellations that have been set into this station. But it is currently empty. Look at that, guys. Got some uh, stars up there. They look like us. That's wacky. How does that happen, Andy? This this whole scenario seems to be wacky. Yeah, yeah, that, that's how I would describe it. It's just it's it's just wacky all around. You got anything, Paco, on the uh, stars there? I think you guys think a little bit too much about the logical and illogical. Well, I'm not. You know. What else is there but logical and illogical? I mean, there's like a whole gray area thing, but you know what? I feel like um, we can talk about this later, and we could try to get out of here. Okay. Yeah, at at yeah. what point in time would you like to talk about this? I can make a note. Also, it's not every day that you're going to see stars. Um, that I'm going to go check know. out, like, the edge or something and not just stand here. Okay, you, you know, we'll go with you, Paco. You can you can remain a good distance. <laughs> okay, I mean, whatever you want, but uh, we'll go this way. Uh, yeah, tell us if you find anything, okay? Yeah, okay. All right, All right so uh, as you reach the edge, uh, you're able to uh, kind of look over and you see this massive pillar below you holding up this station where it's, uh, these are more like a, uh, kind of like a spiral of stained glass color going down it. And it just goes on for infinity until eventually you just can't see it go any further. A staircase, you said? Uh, it's built into the side of the station, so it's just like what the sides of the pillars look like. It's not really oh. like a stairway. It's just like spirals going down. So I don't, I don't think we could uh, get down that. Doesn't seem too safe. Ah, uh, anybody else see anything? What else do we have in the area? Uh, currently, it is just the station that you're on. With these constellations. Mm. where uh, Maybe we should try and stand in the order of the constellations. It's a, it's a good idea there. There you go. Alright, well, we need Paco. Hey, Paco! Huh? I was really trying to figure out how to get down these stairs. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think it's possible but they look pretty steep i mean if you want to go for it 
you know, you can't. But my instincts tell me that I really want to jump down. Well, but my how brain about tells me otherwise? I think we should try uh, Handy's idea first and uh, try to organize oh, ourselves. I don't think I can go down these. Oh, okay. But okay. My instinct tells me I should throw myself off. Oh, okay. That seems illogical. Is this what you mean when you say there's more than just logical and logical? I mean, it plays a part in it. But you know what? The logical thing kind of sounds good right now compared to what I have going on. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, you just got to follow your gut. But uh, yeah, I, I would say this probably isn't one of those. I mean, doesn't seem like uh, the best of decisions. But, you know, who am I to, to tell you what to do? You know, you can do whatever you want, but uh, I think we should try this. Handy and me are already standing in formation. Yo, God, gee, y'all are so quick. So when everyone stands on one of the stars of their constellation, uh, you hear a voice uh, call out this time with more emotion behind it, but it still has like a, a monotone feeling to it. And it uh, calls out to say... Uh, a team must always be able to rely on each other to pick themselves up at their lowest and raise them to their highest. And you feel a, a golden string kind of tie itself around your finger and connect to uh, the next uh, star in your constellation. And you can feel that as you continue on in this constellation, uh, you feel... Uh, different things uh happen so if you like go and stand to the next constellation uh you feel uh the first one is you feel yourself become stronger but as you walk to the next one you instead lose like that strength but you uh gain quickness and become more nimble and if you move on to the next one after that you feel yourself uh just grow more rugged and determined in your path the next one you feel uh kind of like your perception slightly increased and you're able to like perceive more your hearing kind of picks up uh and then in the next one uh you just kind of don't really get a feeling with it so mechanically what is going on uh pick a star that you would like to stand on uh, the star that you stand on will determine which of your attributes will increase by one so you have a star for your might your deafness your grit your insight and aura mm. and you will do this twice mm. I guess uh, I would probably want to stand on might and then uh, which one specifically impacts like the ability of your magic uh, I am unsure as mm. I uh, have not really read uh, most of the class abilities and what they use so for Sage, because it is different for each one, let me see if I can find it. Because I definitely would still want to have some like some strength to me. There we go, Sage. Uh, mm, 
it looks like most of them use uh, insight for sage. Okay, then I will do insight and might. All right, insight and might is what you will use. And then for heretic, uh, they use grit and aura. Mostly. Yeah, that's what I was gonna go for. Probably just one in each. And then for Solomon, which stars does he stand on? I'll go to uh, might, or yeah, uh, might and grit. All right. Uh, on your character sheets, make sure you mark those as being one a plus one to those abilities. So they're just one higher than what the class base stat is. Right, and then uh, the the stars that you stand on begin to light up and glow with the respective color that you have. So for Solomon, his is green, uh, Handy's is red, and uh, Paco's is blue. But now, uh, if you move again to another one, you instead feel uh, one of these uh, respective traits. You kind of get weaker in that sense. So now you have to choose your negative trait. As the voice calls out, but for every boon, there must also be a bane. Are we doing two or just one? Just one. Just one? Okay. Just one. Uh, I'm probably going to say deafness for me. I'm going to do grit. Ah. Uh. I will go to insight. Alright, make sure you properly mark that on your sheets as you go to each of your uh, set constellations and all of your stars begin to glow once you get to the final one and this thread uh, picks up from the constellations and you see that each thread as it is uh, kind of reeling in back on itself go wrapping around your finger but never really getting bigger or cutting more covering more of your pinky the string fades out and each string leads back to one of you kind of creating a triangle of thread wrapped around each of your pinkies uh between you kind of connecting you and uh this thread uh kind of disappears from your pinky as another door appears before you. And this time, whereas before it was like a white marble, this one leads uh, into one that is kind of the opposite of it, where it is black, made from like onyx or obsidian. And it is uh, kind of stylized and etched with uh, silver colors. Well, I suppose we go through the, uh, that door, too, huh? Just keep going. It seems we don't have any other options. Yeah, fair enough. But, yeah. If that's the only place we can go, let's go. All right. Uh, you walk through the door. So as it stands, is your character sheet filled out properly? As far as you are aware. Um, yes, for me. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, do we need anything for, like, purviews? Uh, purviews come from your history. Okay. So then, as far as, yeah, as far as I'm aware, 
I am good to go. So as long as everyone has their abilities and everything is pulled out proper, uh, you walk through this door, but instead of it being a bright light, you now just see before you where this uh, door is, kind of like a window into another station, where instead of it being like this bright sun that you saw before on the previous station, it is now a burnt-out uh, sun where it looks like it doesn't have any color to it, but you can, it is now colored in a dull white. But below is a, uh, is kind of like the equivalent of a world map, where there are like continents, there's oceans, and uh, for anyone that has the actual brick PDF, you can see the map of Outer World shown below this uh burnt out sun i just uh i start start walking yeah yeah all right when you do the, the pdf sorry yeah so as you walk through uh once everyone is on the other side the door shuts and for the first time you can see uh uh, shadows begin to form underneath you and the voice calls out this time saying for a hero to move forward, they must be able to leave their faults behind them and rise to the occasion. And from your shadows come these uh, malformed, like, skeletons, almost, where they kind of click and clack together, but they're made of, like, this uh, black miasma-like substance. Like, it's oil dripping from them. And each of them uh, have uh, different weapons. One of them has, like, a rapier. Another one has just a regular standard sword. And then you have uh, another one that has a longbow. And they appear from your shadows that kind of stretch out before you on the other side of the arena. And this is where we learn how to fight. The team here at Shooting Dice consists of Hunter Childers as our Game Master, Colby Gilbert who plays Solomon Sanders, Trent Hall who plays Handy the Robot, and myself, JJ Bruno, who plays Paco Etel. We would also like to give thanks to our amazing friend Haley for voicing the final divine of Outer World. This could not have been done without the new TTRPG system, Break. Everybody at Shooting Dice urges you to go check it out. And if you would like to follow us on Twitter, or X, I'm not really sure what it's called anymore, you can find us at Shooting underscore Dice. We are also on threads under shooting underscore dice underscore podcast. Us here at Shooting Dice, thank you for giving this episode a listen. And please don't forget to save before continuing to part two. Well, again, it's not a voice per se. It's just like a feeling of something speaking to you, but no sound being heard. What do you do? Uh, I will who, go who ahead. Wants what guys? Can, can you guys? I will give me tell like you here. Five seconds uh, to go put my cat outside real quick. I didn't want to interrupt while you were doing the monologue, but I know we can cut this out. How dare you? <laughs> he started, he woke up and he started me out. I had to mute my mic. I was like, shut up. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Come on, Mister. There you go.